Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Follin. Thanks for listening. This time, let's find out what it's like being freelance for copywriter Karen Marston. So my main goal in life is basically to remain stress-free. So I'm, I'm pretty good at not taking on too much and still making enough money to live. So my goal was to travel with it and be a digital nomad and be location independent and all that. And I tried that, so I gave notice on my flat and I went to Portugal and then I went to Spain and it was just crap. So there is Karen who's... um... There was a period just before Christmas last year where I ended up sitting in a coffee shop and um, just absorbed in her blog. I think somebody had tweeted one of her articles out and, you know, you follow a link and then you find yourself reading one and then after you're just enjoying their writing so much that you read another and another and you go, oh, do you know what? I'll have another drink and a mince pie. Thanks very much. So, yeah, it was a lovely afternoon. I thought I really must speak to her. So finally we do. Let me first say, though, beingfreelance.com is the website where you can find everything that we're up to. So uh, the podcast, the vlog, articles, the newsletter, go there if you want to. I don't want to boss you around. And speaking of vlog, yeah, still going, documenting my freelance week. So as well as hitting subscribe where you get your podcast, if you hit that little button on YouTube, can't you subscribe to a load of other people? What's one more going to, what's one more going to take? Um, then that would be brilliant as well. Right, that's enough from me, though. Let's crack on, shall we? And hear what it's like being freelance for copywriter Karen Marston. Hey, Karen! Hello! (laughs) That's very enthusiastic. (laughs) Rightly so. How about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? Okay, Um, so it was 2011 when I decided I was going to become a freelance writer. And then, obviously, I didn't do anything for about another year. (laughs) I think that's the way it goes. Decide to go freelance and then just think about it for a very long time. So I was working in pubs, which is what I'd always done. I'd been working in pubs, saving up money, going travelling, coming home, getting another bar job, saving up again, going travelling again. And I was like, how can I make this something I can do all the time? Like I wanted to be able to travel without having to just pick up a crappy job along. Like, can I swear, by the way? By all means. Crappy isn't a swear word, but it made me, oh, I guess maybe some people it is. It made me go, huh, I should check. That shows excellent manners and breeding. <laughs> well, of course. So I was um, working in this bar job again. I'd just moved to Edinburgh, had just been promoted, and my boss took this as a sign that he should give me loads of just extra work, which obviously is what happens when you get promoted. However, I know for a fact that he wasn't giving this to the previous manager. He was just like, oh, fine, just do this work. And just calling me up when I wasn't even at work. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's not, uh, I don't get paid enough for you to contact me when I'm at home. And that was kind of what made me go, okay, I'm finally going to do this. So I went home one day and I just made a website, (laughs) which makes it sound super easy but I already knew how to do it so I just created this website quickly in WordPress and then I think I wrote all the content for it inside a day just a really like simple freelance writing website with like hello I'm Karen I do this hi me kind of thing and then I just started email so I was writing I started out writing SEO articles for not very much money Uh, this was the end of 2012 
And yeah, I just started emailing companies basically saying, Hey, do you want to hire me to write for you? And, uh, and they did. And so that was how I got started. And, uh, it actually only took two months, I think, before I was replacing my bar job income, which I was, yeah, obviously not getting paid a lot for. So that made that a lot easier. <laughs> That's a target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then I quit. I was like, ha ha, screw you, bye. So it was like just sending out loads of emails saying, this is what I do. Can I do it for you? Yeah. Yeah, I was just targeting SEO companies in the beginning because it was like SEO articles were still a thing that was worth, well, I'd say worth doing. You could get paid for in 2012. So that's what I did. And then uh, it didn't take long before I was like, this is kind of not that great. Like writing about heat exchangers and airport car parks and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> like, oh, this is fascinating. And no one cared about the quality either, which is a bit like, obviously it makes it really easy to do, but it's a bit um, unfulfilling, shall we say, to just write mm. crap. Um, one of my clients, uh, the one that actually allowed me to quit my job, was giving me five 500 word articles a day, which sounds like a lot, but because I could write them in like 20 minutes flat, that's how I replaced my income. Like 125 quid a week is all that I got from that, but it was enough for what I was living on. Um, and I lost my train of thought there. But yeah, that was how I got started. Yeah, your train of thought seemed to be going towards, you had lots of work, but it wasn't necessarily work that you wanted to be doing, as in the quality wasn't necessarily what you wanted to be doing at that point. Yeah, so I... Um, I guess I learned more about blogging and copywriting and that I could charge more for what I was doing and it actually came about um my so my writing style is conversational and entertaining I've been uh informed by others (laughs) and uh and they're right (laughs) and (laughs) so I wrote this email my my pitching email that I was just sending out to loads of companies that was a little you know it was a little bit more interesting than than the generic ones that you like spammy ones that you get from most people and a couple of companies like SEO companies replied and they were like hey can you rewrite my website for me and I was like yes I can (laughs) that will be more money than I normally charge here's my here's my quote and so I got this client that paid me 1500 pounds to rewrite his entire website and there was quite a lot of it there were I think I I went with 150 pounds per page or something so it's 10 pages and I was just like holy shit this is amazing and it didn't take me that long to do either because writing in that style once I've got the information just comes very naturally to me so yeah I was like all right this is what I'm gonna do now so I just created a whole new website called Untamed Writing which is now my main website, but I don't use it as my freelance writing site anymore, which I'll go into later, I guess. And yeah, I started pitching myself as a, like a conversational writer and it's like, hire me because you want my voice, not because I can write quickly or just do like write a load of crap for you for cheap, basically. Uh And did you find that perhaps less people were biting but the ones that did totally got you or like how how did that go down yeah pretty much like you either you get people that like I would get people reply because I was still going with the cold email approach at this point and I just get people replying like all right I hate spam emails but you've got my attention I was like (laughs) (laughs) yeah now I'm kind of like I'm not gonna work with you unless you really want me specifically (laughs) quite arrogant about it (laughs) 
That's so good. At what point would you say, because this is what, six, over the past six years then, five, six years, at mm-hmm. what point did that arrogance, with our tongue in cheek, what, but at what point did that <laughs> arrogance kick in? The confidence, I guess, to say no to certain things or to demand a certain style or? Well, I am naturally quite a confident person anyway, so I haven't had the whole, am I good enough? No, I don't know how to do this. So anytime anyone was like, can you write this for me? I would just say yes. And then I would just get progressively more excited that people were hiring me for my voice and paying me well for it. And then it also helps that I had this brainwave that I could So I was part of this forum called Location Rebel, which teaches people how to start their own online businesses. And the thing that most people do, like they have various options of ways you can start your own online business. And the one that most people did, and which is how I learned about it, was uh, SEO article writing. But in the forums, I'd noticed there were so many people that were like, oh, God, uh, am I doing this right? How do I do this? Uh, are my articles OK? Am I writing? Is my writing OK? How much do I charge? Is my website all right? How do I make my website? And I was like, I wonder, because there wasn't like one-on-one feedback in Location Rebel. I was like, I bet I can make a course that people will buy if I walk them through this step by step with how to start their own freelance writing businesses and give them feedback on all of these things that they're wondering about in the forums. And so that's what I did. And I actually promoted it in the Location Rebel forums, which is probably a bit cheeky, but it worked. (laughs) And I was telling everyone that I was running this course and I got 10 people signed up and they paid me a hundred pounds each, which was a lot of money to me at the time. And it just became a thing where people were signing up for my courses. So I had that additional income which meant that I could be pickier about my freelance writing clients. And I don't know if I would have had the same bravery about it in turning people down that I didn't want to work to if I didn't have other income coming in. Because it is scarier when when you're like, oh, but if I get this wrong, I won't have any money at all. So it's kind of like a safety net in a weird way. That's really cool. So with the courses, like how long do you think you originally... I know, I guess you have, to, you have to kind of take time. It's always this phrase, passive income, for example, mm-hmm. where you, you actually have to put a load of work into it. So it's it's not that passive at all. So how long would you say, you know, you had to take out to, to bring that together in the first place? Um, I don't remember specifically. Oh, do you know what? I started outsourcing a lot of my SEO article writing work as well. So I, I wasn't writing them directly for quite a while there but I was still getting the money from it. And I quite cheekily paid my writers. This is awful. I'm going to sound so bad. I paid my writers less than I was getting. Like I ended up making more out of it than they did basically. No, no, don't feel bad. That's a business. (laughs) That's how every single business works. It is. It is. Because your clients come to you and you are marking the quality and finding people to do the job. They don't care (laughs) so long as it gets done and you add a markup. That's basically every business. And then it worked out really well as well when I started teaching the course because I was was working one-on-one with these people. I knew who were the good writers or not. So I was like, hey, do you want to write for me? You can get a bit of experience. (laughs) Yes. So that's how that kind of worked out in that I didn't have to do that much of the writing myself apart from the jobs I wanted to do. And with writing the course, um, I'm quite a last minute person and I'm like, right, I'll just make it and I'll do it when I need to. So I had 
this idea. So I wrote the sales page and I actually sold the course. Like I put start date on it. I was like, we'll start on this date and then you, you buy it now and then we'll go on this date. And I didn't actually make any of the course until right before it began because I knew what I was going to say. So I just wrote it really quickly. I was basically writing the materials the day before or sometimes on the day that I was sending them out. So I didn't stress too much over that. <laughs> and did it take much like we, you I think you mentioned that you were then giving feedback as well. So it wasn't just a... Yeah, giving the feedback was the most time consuming part. But as I did it more and more, I could see the the bits where people were going wrong. So I could add more information into the course. So like I created, I think, a cheat sheet. And also I used my blog a lot to write about the things that, like, for instance, grammar mistakes that people made a lot. Um, I could write blog posts about that and then I could just say, go check this out. Or I would, I think later on, I actually just made a whole new document for the course on these are the most obvious mistakes, don't make these. So what year was that that you launched your course? Uh, 2003. 13, I think. So a year later, just under a year after I'd started freelancing myself, which looking back on it, I kind of hate people that do that. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, it works and here I am. (laughs) Yeah, but you were writing from a point of view of knowing the skill. You you knew you knew it. How has that evolved? That particular, you know, like the not just writing for clients, but helping and earning from helping other writers. Well, so I had a bit of a dilemma for ages and ages and ages because I started writing this stuff about freelance writing and how to do it on what I had originally created as my own freelance writing site. So I was like, do I blog for, am I blogging for my potential clients or am I blogging for other freelance writers? And in the end, it made sense to direct it towards freelance writers because I knew that that was what most of my subscribers were because that was who I was hearing from. And with clients, it was more cold emailing and meeting people, just basically networking, I guess is what you actually call it. Um, so I realized that my blog wasn't really bringing me any actual clients. Although it has done a little bit, but mostly it wasn't. So I kind of shifted the whole site towards that. And then I was making enough money from the courses for a while. That I was like, I don't even need to do freelance writing. And then I really started to hate myself because I was like, I can't be the person who teaches the thing and doesn't do the thing. So then I kind of went back again and started doing more copywriting again and the whole of last year I was like right I'm not doing my courses I removed them from the site I was like I'm gonna make my site about copywriting again for businesses because that felt like the right thing to do and then honestly so 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 recently I'm talking like within the past few weeks I was like Karen why don't you just move your copywriting services onto a different site and stick with the freelance writing angle on Untamed Writing because that's what all my subscribers are. <laughs> it's like from a business perspective, it makes a lot more sense. So I've been kind of scrambling things around over the past few weeks and figuring out the most sensible way to do it in a way that still feels good to me. Because I, I said I was going to blog more for businesses again for 2017 and I just didn't. I was like, I'm going to blog twice a week again. It's going to be great. And then like, hardly anything because I just wasn't as excited about blogging about it you know and I have to do like I'll only do things if I actually want to do them so I moved my copyright services onto edinburghcopywriter.com and uh, I've got it ranking number one on google so that helps (laughs) so now I've completely split the two 
and it's just so much less of a headache. I'm like, oh, this makes so much more sense. That, yes. So uh, do you know what's quite nice to hear there? The fact that even somebody who clearly loves writing can struggle writing a blog post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you're going to write a blog, you have to want to do it. Otherwise, you're just not going to because it's it's so optional. <laughs> yeah, I think as freelancers, you know, you know, in amongst the armory of trying to get clients, you sometimes think, oh, I need to have a blog and I need to write the blog. And then you start, you know, maybe two a week or, and then suddenly it's one a week and then it's fortnightly. And then it's like, oh, God, did I not do one since September as yeah. you celebrate New Year? Yeah, and when I was writing for freelance writers, I was publishing twice a week for an entire year and the year before that once a week. And it was really consistent. But I do think that it can work. Like, you, sh- I think it's good to have a blog if you want to be a copywriter because obviously it's writing. So it's good to show that you can do that. But it doesn't necessarily, I think, need to be on your copywriting site unless you are going to write about stuff that's relevant to your clients. Because uh, I just do internet kind of writing which is like most of it these days like I help people with their websites and emails and stuff like that that's mostly what I do in fact that's only what I do all all internet stuff Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I think because I've built quite a strong brand around untamed writing I think just my clients looking at that and going okay she's built her own brand she clearly knows what she's talking about and she's a good writer then yeah maybe she'll write some good stuff for us too so I don't think if you don't want to write about stuff for your clients, you can still show them that you know what you're doing with your own blog about something else, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 it does. And so not only are you showing off your skills, but because this could work for anybody really, is that you're showing you're passionate and you're putting in the hours and caring about something else. And if you're managing to do it for that, you can manage to do it for clients. Yeah, and also, of course, Shane, I'm super talented. <laughs> well. Naturally. Um, It's a really great site and I can see the way that comes across. The other thing that comes across, which you alluded to earlier, you know, the fact that you want to write in your voice Mm -hmm. is is the way yourself comes across as well. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's my kind of strongest selling point is that I am just myself. And when I was trying to write for businesses, actually, I had a I found it harder not with my blog posts they still came out with my voice but I was trying to rewrite the copy on my website and I must have done it honestly about 17,000 times in the past year and it was just never quite right and I now realize it's because I was trying to write for the wrong thing basically I wasn't doing what I actually wanted to do but yeah having a strong voice and not being afraid to be yourself not holding back and sharing things like your opinions really makes a difference because that's what makes people go yeah, I agree with you on that and I like you and therefore I'm going to hire you or buy from you or whatever. And that works for everyone. Not it Yeah, it can be tempting to be too boring. It's a bit like if you go to a networking event and you feel like you should dress up in a suit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just you don't need to do it that way. Like some people will be put off and I find this is especially the case with agencies or other middlemen who they're not they may like your style and be like oh my god this is really cool but then they'll be afraid of what their clients will think um which is not great like they're basically being gatekeepers because they don't want to look silly if the client doesn't like it even though they themselves like it 
Mm. You said very early on the fact that you want, you know, you wanted to be able to work and travel and so on and so forth. Like, have you managed to do that? Like, I believe the phrase might be work-life balance. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I actually, yeah, so I started the business with the aim. I, I don't particularly care about being an amazing writer. I just wanted to be able to make money from my laptop. Uh, so my goal was to go and travel with it and be a digital nomad and be location independent and all that. And I tried that uh, at the end of 2016. I was like, right, I'm, I've got to do that. Like, I want to finally try this because, like, I'm ready for the next phase of my life. Like, I've been in Edinburgh for, I think, four years at the time, and I was ready for the next thing. I built my business up a bit. So I gave notice on my flat and I went to Portugal for a couple of months. Uh, this was in the winter. So I came back for Christmas and then I went to Spain for a few more weeks and it was just crap. Honestly, it's really difficult to balance uh, doing your work with going out traveling. And when you are like in a new country, it's the thing that you do is you go and see stuff and do stuff. And I was just either sitting in my Airbnb all the time, like, just working, hunched over my laptop, really bad posture, crappy furniture in the place, and just not go. Like some days I didn't even leave the house. And then other days I would go out and spend the whole day out and I'd be like, oh God, but I've got this work to do. And it was just really not a fun thing to do, if I'm perfectly honest. I didn't work very well and I didn't travel very well. So I now think it's like I came home, I was like, right, now I'm going to move to Edinburgh. Because also I realized that my work was more important to me than the travel. So I wanted to focus on that and do a really good job of it, which help, you know, it really helps to do that when you're in a stable environment, when you've got the right equipment with you. Uh, you don't have to worry about where you're going to move to in a month. So I decided to come back to Edinburgh permanently. And I came back last March, I think, or the end of February last year. And yeah, I've just been throwing myself back into my work. And that was when I decided that I was like, no, I'm going to reposition my business. I'm going to go back to copywriting only because uh, I was not feeling good about teaching the courses without really doing that much writing myself. And so uh, last year, most of my income did come from copywriting and working with clients. And I think I only ran the course once at the start of the year. And then I just took it off the site completely. I was like, this, this isn't right. So now I'm in the process of kind of trying to balance the two properly, which is why I moved the copywriting services onto a new website so I can refocus. Mm. And I'm going to create a brand new copywriting course. It's going to be amazing and much better with everything I've learned since I originally wrote the course. It's it's nice to hear, you know, so, so the the digital nomad lifestyle is so uh, crap. Well, it's so. <laughs> well, that's what is nice to hear because overrated, I think, is the word. <laughs> because it it seems very seductive. And then for those of us who maybe have to be in a certain place because we have kids, for example, you're like, oh, if only I could have done this 10 years ago or whatever. Uh -huh. uh, so actually it's nice to hear, but sometimes it's, it's good to maybe separate the two out, be at home, work and then go traveling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like... I feel like if you want to be a digital nomad, like like me in the beginning, I didn't care that much about the work. I did just want to travel, but I actually ended up really caring about the work. Um, and I also think if you don't care about the work, it's kind of hard to do a good job of it and make good money from it and put lots of effort in. So then, 
you know, you kind of limit yourself to cheaper countries anyway. And that just kind of sounds like a good way to get trapped in Chiang Mai or whatever. It's like, oh, well, I kind of, I have no choice but to stay here as a digital nomad because I can't afford to go anywhere else. That, that didn't happen to me, but I would kind of can see how it would with a lot of people who would just, you know, write it. Well, a lot of people do still just write SEO articles for cheap or whatever and, and not presumably make that much money from it, but they make enough to get by. So, yeah. which is fine if that's what they want to do, but it wasn't for me. I was going to say, yeah, suits some people. Yeah. What's it like day to day for you? Like, how do you manage your your time? So my main goal in life is basically to remain stress-free. So I'm, I'm pretty good at not taking on too much and still making enough money to live. So I usually get up around... I think I got up at about six today. I am an amazing, amazingly uh, an early riser now, which was not through choice. I moved into a new place that has like a, a warehouse out back where they have uh, forklift trucks reversing at 7 a.m. every morning. So that's my alarm clock that I can't <laughs> turn off. So I'm now an early riser through no choice of my own. Then I make a cup of tea and just fanny around for a while in the in the flat. And then I'll go to my laptop and I'll probably write something for my blog or my website or a client or whatever. And I'll do my work. Obviously I piss around on social media as well. Cause that's what you do. <laughs> social media. I don't, I don't have like a perfect morning routine. I tried for ages to get one. I was like, no, I'm going to like, going to read every morning and then I'm going to write. And I'm, I never said I was going to meditate cause I know, <laughs> come on. No, but yeah, I got a little bit obsessed for a while with forming this perfect morning routine. And then I kind of realized after a while, I was like, it doesn't matter if I have a perfect morning routine. So long as I do the work I need to do, I make enough money to live and I enjoy my days. So that's kind of how I am now. I'll usually work throughout the morning, starting quite early, finish early-ish afternoon, usually go for a walk in the afternoon down to the beach or something. And then I'll come home, might do a little bit more work, probably just go on social media with the uh, illusion of doing work. And then I'll just relax and chill out and do whatever I want for the rest of the day. Making time to, to talk to random blokes. <laughs> Absolutely. In, in podcasts, I should, I should have finished that sentence. Um, <laughs> Just bringing it back to your, you know, you said about splitting up your business sites and already you're ranking highly, I think, Edinburgh copywriter, you said? Yeah. So is that maybe all of the SEO experience that you had, you know, writing all of those articles, you, you've learned a lot of SEO kind of things over time? I don't think the articles I wrote really taught me anything about SEO because they were just such bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> But I have learned a lot about SEO purely from writing my blog, really, well, and from reading about it, obviously. Um, now, my blog, I committed to blogging once a week for a year, and then the next year I upped it to twice a week. And I realized that I was ranking on page one of Google for various terms that like to do with whatever freelance writing. In fact, my course... Um, my original course that I created was ranking like number four on Google for, well, until I removed it from the site, basically. So that's why it was so easy for me to just be really lax about my actual copywriting clients because I was getting people buying my course without effort. So obviously, what are you going to do? But <laughs> I learned that writing good 
blog posts about things that people are interested in and are helpful and just writing them conversationally, which is my natural style, using the words that people would actually use is basically all there is to SEO. Like I didn't particularly, like I think I've had two or three guest posts published linking back to my site. When I first started, I intended to do loads of guest posting because I was like, that's how you get good SEO. And then I just didn't need to because it was kind of happening anyway. So presumably that was from people linking back to my blog posts because they were good. And then I didn't need to go and, and force the links back to my site myself by guest posting. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Of course, there'll be a link at beingfreelance.com so you can check out Untamed Writing and everything else that Karen is up to. Right. Now, I always do this thing where I ask for... Three facts about yourself. Make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me? All right, then. Okay. I once locked myself out of my flat and had to get the bus across town to pick up my spare keys. I once got fired from my bar job for having a lock-in and giving away loads of free beer. And I... <laughs> Don't make me laugh. You're going to spoil my, my deadpan voice. Sorry. <laughs> And I once stayed in my pyjamas for three days straight when I first started freelancing. Locked out, locked in. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and living in PJs. You were locked out and then had to what? I got locked out of my flat in my pyjamas. I live in my pyjamas, evidently. I had to beg money to get a bus across town because I, I didn't have my phone. I didn't have my keys. I didn't have my wallet. I had nothing apart from my dressing gown <laughs> and my pyjamas and my slippers. <laughs> And I had to beg money off a stranger from the street so I could get a bus across town to pick up my spare keys. <laughs> you must have looked like you'd escaped from, from like, hospital. <laughs> Just like... Do you know what? People did not make eye contact. And was that in Edinburgh? Yes. Quite cold in Edinburgh as well. Mm. In one of your bar jobs, so uh, lock-in, so technically you should be closed... Mm -hmm. Which actually, I mean, you were doing them a favour because legally you couldn't sell the beer, right? So you were giving it away. Exactly. I was like, here, have some beers, everyone. Beer for you. But you got sacked. I was quite drunk. And they came in and were like, hey, Karen, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> With the pyjamas one, was there a point where you realised suddenly realised you'd been wearing nothing but your pyjamas and not left the house sort of thing? I knew, I knew what I was just reveling in my newfound freedom. It was quite near the beginning of my freelance journey. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I can literally never leave the house. I can like, if I really want to, I can order food and get it delivered here. And I, I make my money over the internet now. So I never, I literally can never leave the house. It's amazing. I have no idea. Locked, <laughs> locked out. I, I kind of want the locked out pyjama story to be true. Lock in, except for, and don't take this the wrong way, I can exactly imagine you doing a lock in and giving away the beer. Okay. In that case, do you know what? I don't think you spent three days in your pyjamas because I do think the other two are true. <laughs> You're correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah okay good and now you're gonna say yeah i actually spent seven days straight <laughs> well i was gonna say seven days i was like no that's obviously a lie who would do that that whole thing of you know beings you can easily not leave the house stay at home and stuff like that uh how have you coped with like the it sounds like you quite like it the what can <laughs> potentially be the isolation of being a freelancer yeah it's better since i gave up digital nomading and 
committed to moving back to Edinburgh because I've really got involved more with my local creative community. And like I do co-working sessions with fellow copywriters now and go to events and stuff. And I'm actually making more of an effort to get involved and to get to know people. So that helps a lot. But I also am fine generally being like I spend a lot of time alone at home and I love it. But I do also go for those walks every day, which helps on most days. So getting out. And I'm also on Facebook Messenger with my friends all the time. (laughs) And do you have anybody to talk, I don't know, to talk business with? Because you're you're helping everybody else out or will be with your courses again and stuff. Is anyone helping you? Well, actually, I, uh, Sophie, that I told you about before we started recording, Sophie Playle, who lives in the same town as you, she's about at the same place in her business with me and we're really close friends like we met online through our businesses and we've met in person many times now and we talk most days about business and other stuff we talk about the walking dead a lot too (laughs) (laughs) but yeah she's my go-to business talky person (laughs) everyone's gonna have a go-to business talky person yeah yeah but anyway Um, she's Go to her website, liminalpages.com. <laughs> if you've written a book and you want to edit a little plug for her. <laughs> uh, and what would you say has been the biggest challenge of being freelance? I don't know, because I, I feel like it's my natural fit. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah. Biggest challenge. Oh, no. <laughs> Obviously, it's the work-life balance. That's the hardest part. I either like do nothing for seven days or I do nothing but work for seven days. That's that's not exactly true, but you know what I mean? Balancing yeah. everything is hard. And is that something you want to work on or just, in fact, are you somebody who like, you know, tries to work on things or do you just let things work their way out? I try to make stuff happen, um, but I'm quite, uh, quite what well, I'm all or nothing. Uh, and my challenge is learning to do a bit every day rather than just doing it all at once. And then not doing anything. I, I do have that tendency. Like, I'll be like, I've got this project. I'm just going to do it all now. And then I'll just sit at my laptop and do nothing. Like, for the past few days, I've barely done anything apart from piss around with my old blog post since I made the decision to go back in the freelance writing direction with Untamed Writing. I've been, I deleted a load of blog posts earlier in the year. And now I've just been putting them all back, back up. <laughs> and perfecting them and which is not like a, I should just never have removed them and then I wouldn't have had to do that but yeah I've just been doing that non-stop for days and it always takes longer than you think it will yeah that's possibly my biggest challenge is learning how to do just a bit at a time mm. now if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance what would that be you will not do your work after you go to the pub <laughs> <laughs> that was a lie I used to tell myself when I very first started out because I was still working in the pub at the time I'd be like oh I'll just take my laptop down with me and I'll do the work there and then I'd get there and be like oh I'll just do it when I get home and I just didn't <laughs> don't do that anymore obviously thank you so much Karen it's been really nice speaking to you don't forget beingfreelance.com there is links through to 
everything that all of our guests get up to and also their social media sort of links so that you can reach out to them as well. So go take a look at beingfreelance.com and you can check out Karen's excellent blog and various other things. Of course, while you're at beingfreelance.com, sign up for the mailing list, check out the vlog, go on, be a love, indulge me. And also tell your friends. You don't have to do that at the website, but you know you could always show it to them whilst you're at the pub before not doing your work. So uh, yeah, tell them about what we're up to and and help spread the word. Karen, thank you so much and all the best being freelance. Thank you very much. My pleasure.